Welcome to Sunday Morning at Faith Assembly, featuring the ministry of Senior Pastor Phil Goss. We're glad you've joined us. Now, here's Pastor Goss. We live in a world that is trying to tell you how to think. You are bombarded by different messages. Some of those messages are okay. Some are harmful. One of the biggest messages you see going on today is the lie we're telling our kids. Here it is. You can be anything you want to be. That's not true. You know, you're growing up, you say, I want to be a wide receiver for the Green Bay Packers. Okay? Now, why would you want to play for other teams? If you're going to set your sights high, set them at the top, okay? But the problem is this. You don't run a 40-yard dash in 4-3 seconds. You run it in 6-8. You're not fast enough. And besides that, you drop your iPhone all the time. And you can't hold on to nothing. You cannot be what you dream of being. Life comes, and then they're disappointed. Well, I had always thought I was told I could be this, and I can do this, and I can have this, and if I just dream it, I can be it. That is not true. And so we have to be careful of our thoughts. So we're in this series entitled, Fix Your Thoughts. And the Bible tells us how to think. Dear brothers and sisters, one final thing, fix your thoughts, what is true, honorable, right, Pure, lovely, admirable, think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. So because of all the things we're hearing and everything, there's a good chance this morning that you need to change the way you're thinking. I know that's a shock to you because some of you think your thinking is right. It's the person next to you that's really weird and thinking wrong, right? And sometimes we get locked into this idea, I'm okay, you're not. And most of us have to change some ways that we think. You were raised a certain way, but that doesn't mean you should keep thinking that way. You believe a certain thing, but that doesn't mean you should keep holding on to that necessarily. And so you have to change your thoughts. Paul writes in Romans chapter 12, he says, look, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world. Don't listen to everything they tell you. Let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Now, please listen to me. You cannot become a new person in Christ without changing how you think. Too many Christians accept Christ and keep thinking the same way they've always thought and then wonder why they struggle with growing and maturing in the Lord. Nothing changes in your life until you change your thoughts. Then you can change your actions and your attitudes. Then you'll learn when you have fixed your thoughts there and changed them to know God's will for you is good, pleasing, and perfect. So you and I come to that place where we have to change how we're thinking. If we're going to change actions, it begins with changing your thoughts. If you're going to change your attitude, you have to change your thoughts. You can't change your behavior until you change how you think. So how does God want me to think? I've got a little list for you this morning. I'm going to have to go through it pretty quickly, but I want you to take it, and hopefully this week you'll use it and begin to apply some of it into to your life so that you can begin to change some things so you can be the person God wants you to be, and then you can know the will of God and do what God wants you to do. Does that make sense? Pretty, pretty clear that Scripture gives it to us. We're just a little dense sometimes, aren't we? Okay, we're a little dense a lot of times. First thing, 
Here's what God wants me to think. I'm acceptable. I'm acceptable. Now, when I give you these things, please, please remember something. This is not positive thinking. This is biblical thinking. There's a world of difference between the two. I'm going to think the way the Bible tells me to think, not just be positive about everything. These are going to be positive elements, but this isn't about positive thinking. I'm acceptable. Here's the great thing about God. He accepts you just as you are. Romans chapter 5, verse 16. The result of God's gracious gift is very different from the result of the one man's sin. Adam's sin led to condemnation, but God's free gift leads to our being made right with God, even though we are guilty of many sins. He accepts us just as we are, just the way you are. Because I've talked to people over the course of my life who say, well, I, I know I need to come to God, and I will as soon as I get my life straightened out well, I know what's going to happen. You're never going to get there. And you don't have to get straightened out before you come to God. God wants you just as you are. Well, I'm a mess. Well, welcome to the rest of the world. We all are. God says, just come to me as you are. I accept you as you are. Verse, Romans 15, verse 7, accept each other just as Christ has accepted you so that God will be given glory. How did God accept you? just as you are. How do you accept others just as they are? The problem is we accept them as they are, and then we think we got to change them. And so I come to that place where I have to learn and understand that we spend a lot of time trying to be accepted in life. And God accepts you just as you are. You say, well, you know, nobody accepts me and nobody wants me. My parents didn't even want me. Psalm 27:10. Even if my father and mother abandon me, the Lord will hold me close. God accepts us as we are. We're acceptable to God. Secondly, I'm valuable. I'm valuable. I matter. Jesus is speaking in Luke chapter 12, and here's what he says. What's the price of five sparrows? Two copper coins? Yet God does not forget a single one of them. And the very hairs on your head are all numbered. Now, for some of you, that count doesn't take very long. For others, it, it takes a long time. Every hair on your head God knows how many there are. Don't be afraid. You are more valuable to God than a whole flock of sparrows. Now, that doesn't mean a whole lot to us, but back in this day, those people were doing some calculation, and they're going, wow, that's a lot. You're so valuable that God paid a high price for you. 1 Corinthians, God paid a high price for you. Don't be enslaved by the world. How valuable are you? You are so valuable that God sent His Son into this world to die for you. You are so valuable to Him that He went to extreme measures so that He could have you as His own. He accepts you as you are, and He doesn't look at you as trash 
He doesn't look at you as inferior. He looks at you of, as of great valuable. You are valuable to God. Well, I know, but he just does that. No, no, no. You're also lovable. God loves you more than you will ever know. God loves you more than anybody else on this planet. And God has great love for you. Psalm 117, verse 1. Praise the Lord, all you nations. Praise Him, all you people of the earth, for His unfailing love for us is powerful. The Lord's faithfulness endures forever. Praise the Lord. And then John writes in 1 John 4, 9, God showed how much He loved us by sending His one and only Son into the world so that we might have eternal life through Him. This is real love. Not that we love God, but that He loved us and sent His Son as a sacrifice to take away our sins. Well, how could God love me? I don't love Him. That doesn't stop God from loving you. Every person alive on this planet today, God loves the same and He loves to such an extent that you cannot comprehend how great it is. And you see, here's the thing about God's love that kind of gets different from ours that we wrestle with. God's love is consistent. What we read, unfailing. Every day, every moment, God loves you. Well, but I did something really bad this week, and I don't know that God could love me like God still loves you. Nothing you will ever do will ever stop God from loving you. Nothing. It's consistent, and it keeps going on and on and on. It's permanent. God says, look, I don't care what you do. I don't care whether you ever love me back or not. I don't care if you do everything within your power to go against me, curse me, deny me, fight against me. I will tell you this no matter what. I will never stop loving you. I love you as you are, and you mean so much to me that I will go to the greatest effort possible so that I can keep you at a place where you can come to me at any moment you want. And no matter what you've done in your life, I will accept you as you are. Now, that's pretty big because the enemy will come in and say, God can't love you now. Look what you've done. Look at how bad you are. Look at how you've messed up your life. Look at what's happened to you. And sometimes we feel like, well, you know what? I'm going through this, and this is really hard, and this is happening to me, and I'm struggling with this. God must not love me now. And you and I have to fight a battle in our life to think right and the thought is this, God loves me no matter what happens in my life, and He accepts me no matter how many times I blow it. And He thinks I'm worthwhile. You see, God thinks He's made a great investment in your life when He paid the price for you. So you're acceptable, you're valuable, you're lovable. Don't ever forget it. And if a thought ever comes into your mind that says differently, it's a wrong thought.
I'm forgivable. Forgivable. <laughs> now, I'm fallible, but I'm forgivable. There is nothing you have ever done that God will not forgive. Well, I don't know that I can come to God, and I've heard this. You know, I've done this, and I've done this. God wouldn't want me, and God couldn't accept me. And, you know, after all that I've done and how bad I've been and how many times I've done this and how often I've done this, God could never want me back. He would never accept me. I've gone too far. I've done too much. Nothing you have ever done, nothing you will ever do, will ever cause you to be at a place where God won't forgive you. God forgives you. Now, His forgiveness is a lot different than ours. You see, we say we forgive, but we don't forget, do we? Hello? You know, I'll forgive you. Okay, you're forgiven. But the moment they do something similar to what they just did, you think, oh, no, no, you did that before. Look what you did. I'll forgive you. I mean, if you're married, you know. You know. You can say you forgive them, but when you're in the heat of a battle, isn't it amazing how our memory gets so good at all the things that have happened in the past and how we use that as ammunition and it comes up? But here's what God says. Isaiah 43, 25. I, yes, I alone will blot out your sins for my own sake and will never think of them again. Now, the enemy will make sure you think of them again. But when he begins to bring up your past, and when he begins to bring up the things that you've done, you need to stop for a moment and think this, God has forgiven me of that. It's covered by his blood. God forgave me. And I wonder how many people there are, even in this room, you're still beating yourself up over things that happened in your past, and you're still carrying guilt and fear because of issues, because of actions, because of things that have happened and they come up and they haunt you. And you keep thinking, well, I don't deserve this because I did this. I deserve to go through this because I did this. I'll never get to be this again because I did this. And you need to think for a moment that God has forgiven you. Not only forgiven, He has forgotten it. Wow. Wish we could do that, don't you? God doesn't carry grudges. You don't have to earn it. It doesn't matter how often you've done it. God forgives. Now, don't go to the other side because, see, our thoughts kind of, it's amazing how we think. I've heard people say, well, you know, I'm going to do this and then God will forgive me. Well, He will. But you will pay a price for that because you will still have to deal with the consequences of your decision. 
And so I have to understand in life, because all of us have done some things in our lives that we regret. All of us have said some things in our lives that we regret. And I have to remind myself, and you have to remind yourself, God has forgiven me. I need to forgive myself. Because God loves me, and God accepts me, and God thinks I'm worth it. Wouldn't life be a lot easier if we could just do that? So, he's done that. But it just keeps getting better. 1 John 1.8, if we claim we have no sin, we're only fooling ourselves and not living in the truth. But if we confess our sins to Him, He's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all wickedness. If we ask, He forgives. Great news. I'm adoptable. God says, I want you to be a part of my family. I choose you. I love you so much that I want you to invite you into my house. And I want you to become my son and daughter. I want you to be a part of the family of God. Because at times there are people who say, I don't belong. And God's saying, no, you belong. You're a part of us. Ephesians 1.5 God decided in advance to adopt us into his own family by bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ. You see, you know, I've been through, I understand the adoption process. I've got a, some kids who've adopted. I understand how costly it is. Do you know what costs God to adopt you? It cost him his blood. He wanted to do, and it gave him great pleasure. Wow. Well, okay, I'll pay it. I don't like it, but I'll, I'll go ahead. I, I, I know. That's it. No, I'd love to buy you. I, I'll do whatever it takes. I want you to be a part of the family. I want you to be a part of who I am. Romans 8, 14. We're all led by the Spirit of God, our children of God. You've not received a spirit that makes you fearful slaves. Instead, you've received God's spirit when he adopted you as his own children, and now we call him Abba Father. For his spirit joins with our spirits to affirm that we are God's children. Wow. We get to come in and call him Father. He adopted me into his family. Now, for some of you, the term father is not a good term. I understand that. But you need to change how you think about that term father when it comes to God. He is the perfect father. He loves you. He cares for you. He purchased you. He redeemed you. He invites you to be a part of His family. Well, no one would ever want me. God wants you. No one cares. God cares. And any time you have another thought that thinks God doesn't care, that's a lie. And you need to change how you're thinking. 
You need to come to that place where you line yourself with what Scripture teaches and with the character and nature of God and who He is and how much He cares for you. And He wants you to be a part of His family. And then He says, look, I'm changeable. <laughs> well, I can never change. You can't teach an old dog new tricks. Well, you might be old, but we can still teach you some new tricks. Well, I'm too, it's too late for me. No, it's not. You are never too old to change. I didn't get many amens there, did I? <laughs> You're never at a place where you say, well, I, it's just the way I am. Stop it. How do I change that? Change the way you think. Well, I don't want to. Then stay the way you are, you stubborn old coot. God says, look, I will give you the power to change. I will help you change. 2 Corinthians 3.15. Even today when they read Moses' writing, their hearts are covered with that veil, and they don't understand. Speaking of the Jewish people. But whenever someone turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. For the Lord is the Spirit, and wherever the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. So all of us who have had that veil removed can see and reflect the glory of the Lord, and the Lord, who is the Spirit, makes us more and more like Him as we are changed into His glorious image. God wants to change you. Now, please hear me. God accepts you as you are but He loves you too much to let you stay that way. God is in the changing business. He wants to bring you out of darkness into light. He wants you to grow and become more like Him. He wants you to enjoy the benefits of His presence. He wants you to become more perfect, complete, whole like He is. He wants you and I to change. Now, I could stand up here for weeks and tell you God expects you to change. Can, can we all agree to that? That we were this type of person before we came to Christ, and when we come to Christ, we need to be different now? And you will be changing the rest of your life. Why? Because you've got a lot to work on. There's a lot to change, isn't there? I haven't reached perfect yet. Never will. But the great news is this. God says, look, I, I want you to change, but I won't expect you to do it on your own. I won't make you do it all by yourself. I will help you. And he says, you're changing to his glorious image. Colossians 1.6, the same good news that came to you is going out all over the world. It's bearing fruit everywhere by changing lives. Just as it changed your life, from the day you first heard and understood the truth about God's wonderful grace. God wants you to change. He wants you to become more like Him. Well, if He accepts me as I am, why can't I just stay that way? Well, first of all, if you do that, you're not enjoying all that God wants for you. And God says, look, I want you to change because I want better for you. I've got something so great for you. 
a life so wonderful for you. And if we'll together work on this and change this, your life will be the beneficiary of it. So he wants you to change. And many of the things that are going on in your life right now are there because God wants to change you. He wants you to be different, better. You know, um, the iPhone just came out with an update. As soon as they come out, I update. I, I love them. My wife hates them. Well, it used to be like this, and it used to be like this, and why is it doing this, and I don't like this. But it's better. No, it's not. I like... We don't like change, do we? Be honest. But God says, look, I love you. I don't care what you do. I love you. And I'll help you. And not only will we, we work at you being able to change, here's, here's what God thinks about you. He thinks you're able to do it. He thinks you're capable of it. He says, look, I will never ask you to do something you can't do. Did you hear that? God will never ask you to do something you can't do. He says, I believe in you, and I will help you do this. Philippians 2.13, God is working in you, giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases Him. He's given you the power to do it. The Holy Spirit's alive in you, and it gives you the power to do what needs to be done. Philippians 4.13, I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. I can do this. You see, we live in a world where low self-esteem is a big issue among a lot of people. But the good news is this. It doesn't matter what you think of yourself what matters is what God thinks of you. And if you will change how you think about God, it will change how you think about you. And God says, in this life, whatever you're facing, whatever you're dealing with, you can deal with it, you can handle it, you can be more than a conqueror through Christ Jesus. I will give you the power and the strength to do this, and you will never face anything in your life that is beyond your capability as long as you and I partner together in this. You can overcome it. You can handle it. You can change it. Because God says, I will give you the strength to do it. Wow. Final one. I'm imperishable. Imperishable. Now notice, not indestructible, but imperishable. Now, let's look at Scripture so we understand what this means. Here's what it says. John 3, 16. This is how God loved the world. He gave His one and only Son so that everyone who believes in Him will not perish, but have eternal life. God sent His Son into the world not to judge the world, but to save the world through Him. Jesus didn't come to bring judgment. He came to bring salvation. He came to help you with life. In John eleven twenty five, Jesus told her, I am the resurrection and the life. Anyone who believes in me will live even after dying. 
everyone who lives in me and believes in me will never, ever die. Do you believe it, Martha? My life goes on forever in Jesus Christ. I have a future. I have a hope. I have a goal. I have a way to live both in this life and in the life to come. And this life is not all there is, even though the world around us tries to tell it it is. There's more to it. And so this morning, here's what I would ask you. What of your thoughts do you need to change about what we've talked about this morning? Well, I just have a hard time accepting that. Change how you think. Not positive thinking, biblical thinking. Change the way that God says. You're acceptable. He loves you. He wants you right now, just as you are. You mean a lot to Him. You are of great value. And He cares. And He'll forgive. And He wants to bring you into His family and change your life for the better and give you the ability to do what He wants you to do. And what He wants you to do will always make your life better. Do you believe it? Does that control your thoughts? What do you need to change? Some of you listening today, you need to change how you've thought about God over the course of time and you haven't given your life to Him because you got some thoughts in your life that just are wrong. And you might hold on to them and think you're good and you might have everybody else around you believe it's right and a lot of people join around and say, yeah, I, believe, I think like you do, but it's not biblical. And today would be a good day to change how you think about God and to give your life to Him. Or maybe you're a Christian today, but your thought life has hindered your victory in Christ. Because you keep thinking the same thoughts, you keep getting the same results, and you don't make the changes that God has. So what do you need to deal with? Because if you will do that, Jesus says, I came to give you life, and that to the full. If you think like that, you'll have that life. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you today for your word that tells us how to think. We get bombarded with all kinds of images and messages that try to shape our thought life. Our sinful nature tries to shape us with thoughts that are against what your word says. So Lord, would you help us to have not positive thoughts, but biblical thoughts. Because Lord, it is then that we will have the life that you created for us to have. And whatever we need to change, would you help us to do that, knowing that we don't have to do this on our own. You will help us. 
so thank you for the life you've made available for us. Help us to align our thoughts with your word, I pray. In thy name, amen. Thank you for joining us for today's service. If you would like to talk with someone about what you've heard, please visit our website at faith.ag or call us at 239-543-2700. If you're in the Fort Myers area and don't already have a church home, you're invited to join us for Sunday morning at 815 and 1045 a.m. Faith Assembly is located at 7101 Bayshore Road. Join us again next week for Sunday morning. Faith Assembly Sunday Morning is a production of Faith Assembly Media Tech, North Fort Myers, Florida.